Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode number 16. I am super excited to have another special guest on the podcast today. The sweetest lady I know will be joining us. Her name is Missy DeVee, and she is going to chat with us about anxiety and overwhelm. And she's also going to offer some tips to manage it all during this time and just how to take a little bit more control right now, which I think we all definitely need. Hi, Missy. Hi. How are you today? Oh, I'm so good. It's so great to be on here and with you. Thank you. I'm so happy to have you. I love your message and what you chat about. Anxiety is a huge thing and I think that we don't talk about it enough. So I love what you do and what you share. Oh, thank you. I, yeah, I totally agree. It's definitely still something that um, I think people are opening up about more and more when it comes to mental health and being well, but um, there's a lot of room for for growth. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. So introduce yourself and tell us what you do, share all the things. Awesome. Okay. So, yeah, so my name is uh, Missy Davitt. I, I go by Missy, but uh, my full name is Marissa. Uh, Missy is kind of my, my childhood nickname that I still can't get rid of after 34 years, which <laughs> is totally fine. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I live in Rochester, New York. I'm a native to Rochester. I've lived, I've lived in all sorts of places all over. Um, but now I'm, I'm uh, back in Rochester and live in Victor, um, I am a proud mama bear. I have two daughters. I have an eight-year-old Melina and a three-year-old Mirabelle. And, and yeah, I'm a, I am a health and life engagement coach. I work with intelligent women who struggle with anxiety and overwhelm, and I help them find the calm in the storm and rediscover their path forward. Mm. Um, and along with being a health and life coach, I'm also a team beach body coach. Oh, that's so awesome. And I love your daughter's names. Oh, thank you. <laughs> it's so pretty. I I don't have kids yet, but I'm always looking at baby names. I don't know if that's weird or not, but. <laughs> it's so not weird. I literally had a, before, yeah, before babies, I had like a list, a, a list of like names I'll, I'll name my kids. Oh, I totally yeah. have a list in my phone. It's my little notepad in there. When I hear good names, I write them in there. <laughs> Right. It's so true. You want to make sure you have a really good one that's unique, but not too unique. And like, <laughs> not that you already know someone with that name and they, you know. <laughs> so yeah. um, how did you get started as a health and life coach? What's your story behind that? What's your passions around it? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. So yeah, health and life coaching, um, that definitely was an evolution to, 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 um, find myself here today. Um, I actually went um, to college. I got my bachelor's degree in art therapy. Hmm. Um, and I thought I was going to be an art therapist. Um, but you need to get your master's with art therapy in order to be certified. Um, I ended up getting my master's degree, but it was actually in clinical mental health counseling. So I still was in the helping profession um, in therapy, but it was with more talk therapy. Um, and I love counseling. I love um, working with with people one on one. And what's really cool about um, just helping professions, I think, in general, is just really, you know, when you're working with a client who's really motivated for change, when they're really ready to make a shift in their life, because change is hard. 
And it's, it is um, very inspiring and powerful to be a part of that process and to be able to be a catalyst in some way. Um, I, um, I spent some time in um, human resources. I had a job working in a unique position um, as an employee engagement specialist. And um, if you're not sure what that is, basically it's a really cool job where you work with a company and try and figure out what are you know programs that we can create and enhance that are going to make the employees in this company happier and more productive and want to stay with us. So I got to do all the really cool things like plan you know, like the lunch, the company luncheons and the company picnics. And like, we had like a Darien Lake outing every year and we had a, a company gala in the winters. And, um, you know, along with that, like surveys and um, we were creating these stay interviews, um, just all sorts of things that just enhance the culture and help people with being fulfilled and productive in their jobs. Yeah. Um, so that was a really neat uh opportunity for me. Um, again, I shifted from, you know, counseling into, um, HR to very different worlds. Um, and I think with each of them, I learned a lot about myself. I learned about things that I loved and things that I didn't love. And, you know, um, after, um, a couple years of working in HR, I, I learned that it wasn't really meant for me. Um, <laughs> as much as I had some really great, um, experiences with it, there was a lot of, um, obviously, you know, in HR, it's, um, there's lots of red tape and, um, it was just a very, uh, how do I say it? Like it was a corporate position. Right. Um, and I knew that, um, I knew that I had a lot, um, more to offer in, um, a different setting. If I was able to be a little bit more expressive, if I was able to be a little bit more creative. Um, and I really had an urge to work with people, um, in my capacity and kind of just go further into like personal lives, you know what I mean? Versus just working with a company. Right. Um, and you know, so along with my career path, um, I also was going through my own personal journey through health and rediscovering my values and my beliefs. Um, I started going to counseling, um, because I personally, and I'll talk more about my struggles with anxiety and panic attacks, but I, um, definitely have been battling this for a very long time, most of my life. Um, and, and also, um, I was in a marriage for almost a decade that, um, was actually not the healthiest fit. Um, and, um, and so, yeah, I went to counseling, um, and I also started working with a coach. I started, um, taking care of my, my fitness, my wellness. I started exercising. I started, um, making some changes in my life and really just redirecting and shifting and, you know, with that, um, I was able to find more clarity in my values and what I wanted my life to look like. And it was kind of a wake up, an opportunity for me to wake up as mm -hmm. I was getting healthy. Um, I ended up going through a divorce, which was a really good thing, actually. It was a really hard thing, but a really good thing. Mm -hmm. And um, and through, um, through, you know, this shift, I also, I left my job. I decided I'm going to start you know, learning what this whole coaching thing is about, um, and helping others, um, with changing their lives. Um, so I just started leading, I think a life with more purpose and I found uh, my voice for myself, for my kids, for my new vision. And yeah. And so I've been pursuing it. Um, I went in, um, went back to school for health and life coaching, got both of my certifications for it. 
And within this past year, I've just launched my very own health and life coaching business. Like I said, I also do um, beach body coaching, which has been an incredible, um, you know, support for me while I'm while I'm growing this business as well. Um, and they really go hand in hand. So, so that's I guess my story so far. Yeah. <laughs> And, dot, dot, to be continued. <laughs> of course. And that, that's such a beautiful, I love how that just beautifully shows when you look at yourself and start to make yourself a priority, how your life can truly change and shift for the better. It's just such a powerful thing to start recognizing that you are important too. And there are things that you need to do for yourself and not just for everybody else. So I love that. That's so amazing. I That's so awesome. Thank you. So yeah, just from being friends with you, I know that anxiety is a topic that you're super passionate about. Like you said, you have a, a story uh, behind that. And I always used to think that, I guess I never really knew much about anxiety. I still don't know a ton about it. Um, but I always used to think, oh, I don't, I don't have anxiety. I don't know what that feels like. And I knew people who did have anxiety and I just couldn't really relate. Yeah. Uh, and more recently, I've noticed that I do have mild anxiety sometimes. And I think everybody does. We may not always recognize it. So I have kind of noticed that more about myself, um, especially during this whole pandemic. I've kind of been able to pinpoint the feelings of it for me, because I know it's different for everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, but what are some of the key things to look for if you aren't sure if you have, have anxiety or maybe you're just kind of feeling a weird way and you don't really know what it is and it could possibly be anxiety or stress or what are some of the key things to look for? Yeah, I I love, um, I love that you're sharing that, that you're noticing, you know, yeah, actually, I, I kind of do have anxiety because... Yeah, I, I think it's true. I think we all experience anxiety. I think it's kind of just like a natural part of life, and it's our stress response. So when the pressure is on, you know what I mean, um, our bodies are going to respond just like, you know, when we're in that state of um, fight or flight, you know, when um, when we have to make a decision, when we're under pressure. Um, and it, and it, it might be for a good thing. It might be because, you know, we have a first uh, blind date set up. You know, we get nervous, we get that kind of anxiousness, or we have a big presentation that, you know, we're getting ready to prepare for. And like, we just have that, that extra anxiety and, and it can serve as a good, um, it's, it's a good reminder for us that we need to focus, that we need to, you know what I mean? Um, Mm -hmm. seriously. Um, however, when, you know, just like with anything, when it's too much, like when it's too frequently or it's way the love, the, you know, the, the knob is turned up way too high. That's not a good thing. It, It creates problems for us. Right. Um, and so, you know, I think personally, and I have my own like theories on, you know, why anxiety is such a big problem. Um, and you know, there's, it's, it's one of the most common um, symptoms like mental health disorders that comes up in our society along with depression. Yeah. It, it's, not, um, it's not rare at all. It's very, very common. And I mm-hmm. think it has a lot to do with our culture and our society and how um, we're very, unfortunately, we, we do, you know, there are some pros and cons to the way we live, but it's very individualistic. It's very... Um, 
I think, like, success-driven, and um, it's kind of cutthroat at times. And I think that there's just a lot of extra pressure that is put on our lives um, for success, and and it creates and just, I think, perpetuates anxiety. Yeah, totally. and it's, it's also really fascinating that um, it can really be with anybody. So it's not just like, well, you know, we're, you know, I used to think before I started having panic attacks, I didn't really understand what anxiety was either. When I was young, it was in my teens. Mm-hmm. Um, but I thought those were weak people that weren't able to deal with being nervous, right? Like, why do you have a panic? Like, just calm down, right? Yes, just, I had that same... Yes, I had that same type of mindset, and sometimes I still do, and I need to get over that. (laughs) But it's so true. I felt the same way before I started experiencing it, because there was, I did have an onset. I didn't always have panic attacks. Um, It was when I was about 18 when I had my first one. Um, But before that, yeah, it was the same. I just, like, would look at people and think, just calm down. Jeez, weirdo, you know? Um, (laughs) But it's it's really, it's, um, it's just it's something that happens with some people and it's um, a chemical imbalance in our brains. Some people are more predisposed to it than others and it can really happen to anybody. It can happen. There's no face to it. You know, um, it could be a seven year old on a school bus. It could be a seven figure earning CEO. Like anybody could be, you know, struggling with anxiety. Um, And so, you know, you were asking about like the symptoms and I'll share. So, there's two really common areas when, when you hear about, you know, anxiety and overwhelming nervousness, um, you can, we can talk about like generalized anxiety and we can talk about panic attacks. So they're mm-hmm. two different things. Yeah. So generalized anxiety is, um, it's very common and it can just show up as, you know, feeling restless or really on edge. Um, you might easily be fatigued, have difficulty concentrating or your mind's kind of going blank. Mm-hmm. You might be irritable, muscle tension, sleep disturbance, loss of appetite. Those can all be symptoms of generalized anxiety, right? Of just feeling anxious. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's panic. So panic is, um, these are epi- episodes, right? Um, and they can just kind of come on, like they might be triggered by an event where you suddenly become, get thrown into a state of panic or it might just be something that happens out of nowhere. And this looks very different because it's very intense. Um, and it's, you know, heart palpitations. So your heart might be pounding and racing. You might start sweating. You might start shaking and trembling. Mm-hmm. You might have a shortness of breath. Um, you might get dizzy or you lose sensation in like your limbs. Um, you might feel like you're choking or um, like you can't breathe. You might go numb, your chest you might have chest pains or feel like there's pressure. Yeah. Um, some people get nauseous, you know, um, there's all sorts of these, uh, there's a feeling of derealization, like a loss of touch from reality. Um, you might feel like you're going crazy. You might have a fear of dying or losing control. So that is, that is what panic attacks look like. It's mm-hmm. a very intense form of anxiety, right? It's like bumped up a notch. Yeah. So um, I don't know if that kind of like helps paint a picture and answer your questions. Yeah, that's um, interesting too. My boyfriend does struggle with anxiety as well, a little more intensely than I would. Or So it's interesting to kind of see it in different levels. Like I don't think for me, I don't have, I don't struggle with it intensely, but some people do. 
So there's so many different levels of it, right? Like there's, there's just the general life, like you said, the generalized anxiety, but there's also issues of it being more consistent or coming up more often for some people than others. So that's super interesting to, you know, to hear about because we like to think that we're all the same sometimes and everyone is so different. So I think that's the key too that you may have mild anxiety or you may have extreme anxiety with panic attacks. So the key too, I would think, and you can, you can disagree or not, but it's to make aware to yourself what it is and how you can start to bring some type of ease to it or find out what works for you to kind of take control and manage it. Mm-hmm. I think it's so true. I think that's so powerful is um, being able to, like, first of all, like you said, identify with, mm-hmm. with what's going on because um, it's scary and it is, it's, you know, it's part of our brains and our physiological reactions and response. And it can feel very overwhelming if you're experiencing it in either, in either form and in any form, like you said, it's really different for anyone. Mm-hmm. And, um, and the severity is just, it just varies so much. Like how is it affecting your life? There's people that are so unwell with their anxiety that they can't leave like agoraphobics. They can't leave their homes, you know? And that's, right. um, that's, that's very debilitating. Um, and then there's others like you that might, you might have, some anxiety, um, but it's not really, you know, stopping you from, you know, functioning in your day. Right. And so I agree. It's, it's very powerful to first kind of check out. And, you know, a lot of people that have anxiety, you don't really require, you might not really require, you know, getting mental health support for it. You might not need medication. You might not need, you know what I mean? Mental health uh, treatment for it. Right. Um, because that's not always the best avenue for everybody. It's great if you have severe symptoms yes that's what i would say that's the best next step for you however i think for the majority of our population that are you know experiencing anxiety maybe like how you are maybe how your boyfriend is that um that's you know there's lots of different ways that you can learn to manage it um and live a more fulfilled and engaged life um and i think yeah for starters is to just identify what it looks like how it shows up for you Mm-hmm. Um, and, and really start to get a, get a firm grasp on how it shows up. And, and then from there, you'll be able to start identifying how can you, what are the next steps to managing it? Right. And I, and I would probably say to anyone that might be feeling these things, um, or newer to this, this concept for themselves, it's probably a lot of trial and error too. just seeing what works for you as far as feeling better or maybe even trying to prevent the panic attack, just playing with it and seeing what actually works for you because there's no cut and dry, I guess, with that, I would assume. Um, It's just kind of figuring out what feels good for you during those times. Yes, I agree. I, it took me a good solid, maybe, I don't even know. I mean, probably 10 years of trial and error before I've gotten to a place where I can naturally manage my anxiety. I take a low dose Lexapro. Mm -hmm. Um, It's like a 10 milligram once a day really has zero side effect. It just helps me a little bit with staying more balanced. Yeah. Um, And honestly, other than that, I manage everything. I don't take 
anything for my panic attacks. When I have one like onset, I'm not popping a pill. Right. I am managing it. Um, and I, and I have, I have so many tools and ways that I can now and it's, it's so much better. Oh my gosh. But it, it took a long time of trial and error. Yes. You're so right. Yeah. And that's amazing. And I think it's important for everyone who does have anxiety to really address it and not just let it take over your life. I think that there are ways to address it and manage it. And right now, specifically during this pandemic, anxiety is definitely something I'm sure a lot of you are struggling with and may be newly struggling with. Um, So do you have some tips to share that could help people work through and ease their anxiety during this time and then even just any time in their life that they may be struggling with it? Oh my gosh, yes. Ah, So my... um, what I really practice and preach is to um, do what I can to prevent it, right? Yeah. I'm all about prevention. Just like, you know, you wear a seatbelt. Um, you don't put the seatbelt on as you're getting, going through the car crash, right? You put your seatbelt <laughs> on before you drive because you want to set yourself up so that you're safe. Yeah. And yeah. I look at anxiety as, you know, I've experienced it for a very, very long time. I know how awful it is. It stopped me from doing a lot of things in my life. And Mm -hmm. I I don't want it to control my life and I will never allow myself to go back there. So, um, I do things to make sure I'm wearing my seatbelt. Um, and so for me and for pretty much everybody I've ever spoken with about anxiety, um, self-care is the most powerful tool you can use. Mm -hmm. Um, and these are some things I say do, and it will help reduce the onset or occurrence of anxiety and panic attacks. So number one is get sleep, sleep seven to eight hours. If you are a grown adult, (laughs) and I know that is, that might be hard to come by if you have little ones, you know what I mean? Um, I do. Um, but I even think back to before I had kids, I didn't honor sleep. Like I could have, and I should have, you know what I mean? Like I think back to those days and I just, I would stay up late watching shows Or, you know what I mean? Like, whatever, you know, scrolling. Um, And I look back and I'm like, oh, I should have slept more. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But really, for me, I go to bed at 9.30. And, like, that's just what I do. My kids still, once in a blue moon, my three-year-old might wake me up in the middle of the night. I still have to deal with that. But I put myself to bed early because Mm -hmm. I know I'm better off having that good, you know, seven, eight hours of sleep. I can wake up feeling well, and that is, like, number one priority for me when it comes to my anxiety. I need my rest. Yeah, and having a routine of that and a habit of that is key, too, to actually getting that seven to eight hours. If, if you have kids and you're a mama, you know, you need to be strict with a, like, nightly routine and really make sure that everyone's getting to bed at the same time every night, and then you can get that sleep that you need. Yes, especially right now. It feels like, you know, if you're not going to work right now, if the kids aren't going to school right now, you don't really have like maybe a wake up time. Um, I don't know if that's the best way to, you know, well, actually I I do. I do know it's not the best way (laughs) to prevent anxiety. Um, It's it's a a call for disaster. So making sure you have some sort of bedtime, just like your kid should have a bedtime. Right. And then you have a time to wake up and it'll give you some of that structure. It'll, and structure in itself helps us with anxiety. It gives us a little, a a bit of sense of control over something because we're definitely, you know, up in arms 
out of control right now. So um, yeah, like ritualizing bedtime is awesome. Totally. Um, Number two is very boring guys, but (laughs) drinking water. (laughs) I mean, hydrating is your body needs water for literally every function that it performs, right? And so we know if we haven't drank enough water, we're probably going to feel dizzy. We're going to feel thirsty. We're not going to um, be thinking clearly or we're going to get brain fog. We're going to get tired. And all of those things like are for me triggers for my anxiety and for panic attacks if I'm Mm -hmm. not feeling well. Um, But it's not even those symptoms. It's the actual dehydration that can trigger that anxiety. Um, And so making sure that you're drinking at least half of your weight in ounces each day. So if you weigh 200 pounds, you should be shooting for 100 ounces of water a day. Um, And you can do this just by making a point of tracking your water. If if you want to create a habit out of it um, and it's not something that you're doing right now, you know, I say try and shoot for, you know, drinking 20 ounces of water first thing, you know, in the morning before you eat anything, try and get in some water Mm -hmm. Um, and that'll kickstart. Then boom, you've already got one fifth of your water intake done before you've done anything, you know? Right. Um, And then throughout the day, make sure that you're sipping on water, have water, you know, out, you know, wherever you are, whatever room you're in, you should have a bottle of water nearby and just be mindful to be, you know, sipping, not that you have to chug water, (laughs) right? Um, but just, you know, continuously sipping throughout the day and just staying hydrated. Yeah, that's great. And I have my Hydra Flask I always have with me. And I I used to not drink water that much. And now I crave it. So a lot of people struggle with drinking water. And a tip I could say for that, um, I love to put lemon in my water. Or um, the other day, I actually took some frozen blueberries and put them in my water with the lemon, fresh lemon. And it was really good so just try like if you don't like water put some stuff in it (laughs) It, it'll taste good (laughs) I I totally agree with you and even like drinking tea too that counts you know so um yeah if you're kind of picky like I just had a lemon ginger tea that's my favorite um and it doesn't even I don't even think it has caffeine in it I had enough caffeine today (laughs) um but yeah just making your making your water taste good if you're kind of a picky drink I know there's there's all sorts of people out there. Um, yeah. If you like sparkling water, like that counts too. You know, it doesn't have to be boring water. Mm-hmm. Um, but just make sure you're hydrating. Yeah, for sure. Um, another big one, this is scientifically proven. You guys, these all are. Um, eating whole foods and avoiding processed foods, especially, especially like sugary foods. Mm-hmm. So sugar, high sugar foods, like high fructose corn syrup, Things like that that are in high sugar form um, are terrible for your nervous system. Mm. They are absolutely awful. And for me, I used to in college, (laughs) this sounds so funny, but um, I would go to Wegmans um, and, you know, I loved like late night going to the the library and studying. I would do my work late at night and Mm -hmm. I would just be in there until probably one in the morning. Um, And I would go to Wegmans beforehand and... I'd stock up on like snacks, right? Like study snacks. So I get like an energy drink. Yeah. (laughs) Didn't we all in college? I feel like. (laughs) Yeah. And I'd get like a big bag of trail mix or, um, 
or these banana, like banana chips. Okay. They're like the dried banana chips. Yeah. And you, you'd kind of think like someone might think, Oh, that sounds like a good brain snack. Well, it would actually give me terrible panic attacks. And I had no idea that what I was eating and I mean, staying up late and drinking the energy drink wasn't good either. But I learned even without those after I ate the banana chips because there was so much sugar and, and like it was just a huge dose and I wasn't even paying attention. It would put me in this awful panic. And I was just, it was, I would get dizzy and I would just get, go to this terrible place. And, um, sure enough, it took me a lot. Again, it's that trial and error is figuring out what your triggers are. Yeah. Um, but, um, that's an extreme case. Obviously I was eating a lot of sugar at that point, but, um, just, you know, making sure that the foods you're eating are those whole foods. So lots of vegetables fill, you know, fill your plate up with fresh vegetables and, you know, eat fruits, but watch, you know, even take care to not eat too much sugary fruits. You know what I mean? You don't need right. to eat a ton of papaya, um, because too much sugar, like even if it comes in fruit form, there is a thing is too much sugar. Yeah. Um, and just making sure that you're eating like, you know, a balanced, good, healthy diet of like lean proteins, healthy fats, um, and carbohydrates in a good amount. Like make sure there's lots of fiber in there. Not that you're just, you know, jacking up your blood sugar levels. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really not good for people that struggle with anxiety. Wow. That's so interesting. I mean, some people probably don't even think that food has any effect. Mm-hmm. on their anxiety but yeah that's yeah. really interesting very cool yeah it's fa- it's really fascinating um the next the next tip so okay so we've got sleep hydrate eat whole foods and exercise daily um and I say this to so I run those I run challenge groups um and they're just like exercise you know fitness accountability groups and we also support ourselves with like eating well um and I always encourage everybody usually usually Sunday is our rest day right we do a rest day Mm -hmm. depending on like what program we're following and I always say you guys rest day does not mean lay on the couch and you know Netflix and chill like it means (laughs) do something that is rejuvenating go take a walk or go take a jog or do some yoga Mm -hmm. or some stretching or you know play with your kids or you know take your dog on a hike get your body moving a rest taking rest means you're not like doing something extreme and taxing your muscles to the point where they need recovery But it means to, you know, move your body in a, in a healthy way. Um, there's no need for you to not move your body for 24 hours. Um, like don't ever do that. Yeah. So it's going to make you feel crappy the next day. It's not going to make you feel good. You'll never feel good after a day of not doing anything. (laughs) Don't be fooled about the Sundays where you think you're taking it easy. Um, So yeah, move your body, get out. Even if it's just a 20 minute walk. Um, exercising daily is key. And for me, I make sure that I'm exercising. I do it, um, first thing in the morning, just, I do it because I have kids and, um, usually they, once they get up, I never know what's going to get thrown at me. Um, if there's going to be an accident or somebody needs me or, you know what I mean? There's lots of emotional needs. So I make sure that I get my self care in first thing in the morning. And then that way I, I'm good for the day. I've, I've got my blood pumping. I'm taking care of my heart. And, um, and it just really sets me up for success and I'm feeling balanced and I'm really, 
um, I'm, I'm much more likely to not be dealing with anxiety later on in the day because of it. Yeah. And I always say, as you know, I'm a yoga instructor and a lot of people think that they need to work out for an hour or, you know, I'll have to do yoga for at least an hour, right? Just to feel good. And you could literally get on your yoga mat if it's a rest day or if not, if you just want to get a little movement in for even 15, 20 minutes just to get your body moving and have an intention of breathing or anything like that is still super powerful and beneficial for your body. So be flexible with it, I would say too. I love that. It's so true. You said that mentality too, that I need to do like two hours at the gym, right? Like Mm -hmm. I need to do, you know, this much amount of time in order for it to count. Yeah. And yeah, 15, 20 minutes is beautiful. Like, and, and if it's between 15 and 20, 15 to 20 minutes or nothing, definitely do the 15 to 20. Like it's, it's going to make a huge difference. Yeah, exactly. Beautiful. Um, okay. So the last, the last tip. So again, sleep, hydrate, eat whole foods, exercise daily. And the last one is engage in positive enriching activities. Yes. And this is, sounds this, like a great one. <laughs> yes. And this is so key because this is where it really comes into doing all of the things that fill you up and give you joy and, you know, um, and, and have you feeling balanced and, um, and connected. So things like, you know, spending time with people that are healthy, you know, like if you have a really wonderful friend who really lifts you up and you enjoy phone calls with them, like it's spending time on the phone with them or Mm -hmm. doing some rest and relaxation, whatever that is, if that's massage or, you know, getting outdoors, um, taking walks, um, you know, snuggling with your dog, um, or being creative. Like I just did an art therapy session on Facebook and Instagram. And we talked about, you know, rock painting, but using the creative arts to, um, you know, experience something that's enriching and it feels Mm -hmm. good and it's therapeutic. And it's just, it's going to help you with the calm and, and, bringing you back to a place where you're not feeling anxious and you're connected and you're in the zone with something that is really positive and peaceful and um, you're, you're in the moment you're present. Yeah. That is super key too. I, when I talk about self care, I always talk about there's three areas that I like to focus on around self care, which is your mind, your body and your soul. So yes, self care is physical and, A lot of people seem to think that that's like the only way to take care of themselves, but your mind and your soul too. So mindset, maybe journaling or working on growing your mindset and things that just fill you up and make you feel good. Like you said, talking to a friend on the phone or doing art, those are things for your soul and that just make you feel really good. So that is a, that I love that. That's a really um, key thing to add into your routine, I think as well especially for, for self-care. Yes. I, I love it. I love the concept, like you were saying of journaling and just doing that mindset work too. It's yeah, there's so much more than the physical things that we can do. It's really Mm -hmm. doing that inner work that you focus on so much. It's so powerful and it will, it will do so much for you with your anxiety and like your ability to manage your anxiety long-term. Yes. Yeah. I totally agree. I love that list. That's really that's awesome. Good. 
Good. Great. So, um, I mean, really, other than that, I mean, there's tons of, so those are like key self-care, you know, items that you can focus on Mm -hmm. um, in order to kind of ease your anxiety and kind of keep it at bay. That's kind of that, like, I think, um, like how to maintain, you know what I mean? Wellness. Right. Um, And then I also have um, a free Facebook group where um, we talk more in depth about anxiety. Um, And I talk, I go more specifically into panic attacks. Um, I think for me, and just because of the severity of them and like how it shows up for people and how it can be debilitating, Mm -hmm. I come up with a bunch of resources on, you know, things that have helped me, things that have been proven to help others with managing, you know, in the moment episodes. Um, I, I created like a toolkit on like emergency, uh, panic attacks. So if that's something that anyone's interested in, um, you know, you're more than welcome to join that crush anxiety 101. That's what the Facebook group is called. Okay, great. Uh-huh. Yeah, and I will, um, at the description of this podcast, I'll put all the links where you can find Missy and her group and all that. So you can definitely take some of her free resources as well just to kind of help you with some tips too on how to manage your anxiety. Mm-hmm. Um, so along with those, those are great tips. I love that. What is some of your favorite ways to manage and kind of prevent your anxiety yeah so I um I have a couple go-tos that really work well for me obviously you know all of the above like I said I like to keep my seatbelt fastened so I'm I'm making sure to do all of those things and exercise and drink water and eat well and all that um and then I also my favorite is probably um you know connecting in nature and really tapping into my spirituality. I've always been um, like the kind of person that could just get lost outside for hours. Mm -hmm. And I think it's, I think everybody is like that deep down. Um, But maybe, I don't know, maybe you've forgotten or lost it along the way. But I really truly believe that's where we belong is under the sky. And um, that's where I feel most at peace. So if I am having um, a panic attack, and mine are very, very, very hard. Mm-hmm. And I have a hard time moving and walking. I know, um, I know if I can get outdoors that I am much better off and it's going to pass more quickly. Um, just being connected in nature is really powerful. Um, hearing nature, listening to, I have theta waves. I love th- listening to theta waves. I love listening to nature sounds. So I just have some um, tunes on Spotify, or I'll just ask Alexa to play nature sounds. Um, and that's, I mean, huge, um, it has a huge effect on, on your, like where you're at mentally. Yeah. And, um, I love nature sounds. I, I always pull up on my Spotify, the nature music. It just is so relaxing, especially with, um, like the bird sounds. (laughs) Me too. It's so, I listen to them when I'm in the shower. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's so funny. And aren't you, are you, get, did you get your bird yet? We didn't get him yet. So okay. we're, yeah, we're getting a cockatiel <laughs> and we are waiting. So it, we, um, we put the deposit down and we wait until they are of age where they can um, be fed on pellets. So they're hand okay. fed up until this point and then oh they my. have to be kind of shifted over to a bird food. Yeah. Uh, so it's just like a puppy, you know what I mean? Uh. Like you have to 
until they're ready to leave. And we're so anxious. We can't wait. But um, yeah, we'll have them hopefully hopefully next week. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't know it was that in depth to get a bird. (laughs) Oh, yes. Yes. um, Yeah, we're taking this very seriously. I've never owned a bird before, but um, we've done a lot of research. And I've talked to a bunch of friends who have owned birds or are bird owners. And it's just, it's going to be a whole new, you know, endeavor that we're taking on, but we're so excited. That is so cute. And then you'll have bird sounds all the time. We'll have our bird sounds all the time. Yes. <laughs> I think, um, pet therapy, you know, you know how oh, important yes. it is to have a pet, right? Yeah, absolutely. I, I was thinking about, since we're home so much, I would like, I'd probably be super bored without my dog. She's just so much fun. And I get to, it, it encourages me more to get outside too, because yes. she needs to get outside and she's feeling a little stir crazy too. So it really does help if you have a dog or even just friends who want to walk with you, if you want to stay six feet away, <laughs> um, right. just to like have your pet to encourage you to get outside. So it's yeah. so true. It's such a, it's a good benefit of having them. Sometimes you need the extra push, especially it's so cold right now. You yeah. need a little person or an animal to yeah. get you outdoors. Yeah, <laughs> I it. probably would normally stay inside, but right. I, I hate the, I honestly hate winter <laughs> in the cold. So it's oh. like, oh, I got to get, let her get a walk. We better just go for a quick one outside. So it is yeah. really nice to have a pet uh, for sure. She's so cute. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so that, these tips are awesome. I love all this information. It's, very important just to, you know, find what works for you when you have anxiety. I love these tips. They're great. Um, any last things that you feel are super important that you want to share some tips or anything that you might just want to end with for people who may need a little help with this? Um, well, I think, you know, to your point earlier, um, it's really just, it's so important to reach out you know, if you're struggling, if you're having a hard time, um, if things seem extra hard or dark, um, make sure that you reach out. And that can be to, you know, one of us. It could be to a family member, a friend, um, a support group. There's so many places out there. And the funny part is you might feel like you're really alone, but you will be overwhelmed to find how many people are in likely the very same place as you. Um, There's so many people that are going through um, tough times right now and struggling with anxiety. And um, it's, it's just, it's really, it's really fascinating to see when people can come out um, of their shells and talk about it. And uh, it brings others out of the woodworks and just this, um, this really cool, you know, piece of community is formed where people are supporting each other because they know and um, they know they're not alone. So, so yeah. you're not alone and just, you know, know there's so much that you can do and, um, there's so much support out there as well. Yeah. I love that. I think that a lot of people too are just ashamed of this, that they mm-hmm. might think, oh, this makes me right. weird like or, weird. yeah, or yeah. I'm, I shouldn't be like this or, you know, they're ashamed of it. And I think that I, I love that you said that you're not alone and, it's important to get support with it because there are more people than you think that struggle with anxiety or there's a lot of things that we might be struggling with that others are and we just don't know. So 
that is super important. I love that you said that. And if you do need more support, like Missy said, she does have a Facebook group. Crush Anxiety 101 is her Facebook group. I will link her um, her social media and things in this podcast description so you can find her there and you can always just go on Facebook and search Crush Anxiety 101 and you can find her there. She has a great support group there that I think you would love. And yeah, Missy, thank you so much for joining us. This was awesome and so needed, I think, for people right now. Uh, well, thank you so much for having me. This was really fun. And um, yeah, I, I, I loved it. All right. Well, thank you so much. I hope you all enjoyed this episode and we will see you next time. Bye. Bye. so much for joining me today on the Confident Vibrant Gal podcast. If you're looking to dive deeper into this work and get out of your own way and start showing up as the most vibrant, confident, and unstoppable version of you, I wanted to make sure that you knew that I have one-on-one coaching spots available just for you. I'd love to chat with you. Set up a clarity call with me today and we can get you started. 